Welcome to Long Story Short, sponsored by the Kirkpatrick Foundation. I'm Ted Struley, the Executive Director at Oklahoma Watch. We're a statewide nonprofit news organization that specializes in investigative reporting. You're listening to our weekly podcast, which lets you hear directly from our journalists as they provide deeper insight into their recently published stories. In this segment, I'm with Lionel Ramos, who covers race and equity for Oklahoma Watch. He recently wrote a story looking into Governor Stitt's progress on labor and the economy. Lionel, what's the big picture? Well, there's about 40,000 more jobs today than there were in 2019 when Stitt took office. Uh, Oklahoma's economy looks a lot like it did numerically before the pandemic, uh, and Though we didn't get hit as hard as the nation in total, uh, our, our um, like in terms of job loss and labor participation, our recovery has been a little bit slower. Now, there are more people employed. Uh, they just work in different industries today. So there's been, the numbers look very similar, but there's been a shift in, in where, where people are and what they're doing. Now, uh, you and some of your colleagues sat down with the governor. What does he say his wins are? when it comes to workforce and the economy? Those 40,000 jobs are something you'll hear from him uh, a lot, uh, especially these days. Uh, another thing that he brings up is Oklahoma seeing its lowest unemployment rate in history in, in February, uh, 2.3%. That was timely for Stitt. That's around the time he delivered his, his uh, fourth State of the State address. Uh, he brought that up then. Uh, he also talks about how Oklahoma's average personal income uh, has grown about $4,000 since, since 2019. Uh, he keeps an online dashboard to monitor his success and in, in in the state's rankings compared to other states. And what, what do we see on his dashboard? In terms of the economy, it tracks the latest unemployment and labor participation rates, uh, GDP growth, uh, and average personal income, uh, as well as how each of those, like I said, rank compared to the other 50 states. So what we're looking at is that unemployment rate today is at 3.2%, ranking 19th. Labor participation rate is at 60.6%, ranking 35th. GDP growth is at negative 1.6%. We're ranking 32nd. This is a highly volatile number, and the numbers are as of uh, Q2 2022. The quarter before, and this is important to note, it was plus 8%, and we were ranked 7th. So that that changes uh, frequently and by a lot. Uh, And then the last one, average personal income is about $54,000 today, and we're ranked 41st in the nation. Uh, It's important to remember that (laughs) between the time that Stitt got elected and today, there's been a pandemic, uh, and some of these metrics are are still kind of in recovery mode. Now, in in what ways did that pandemic affect Stitt's goals for the economy? Yeah, one thing that that really stood out to me, uh, looking at Bureau of Labor Statistics data, was that between April 2019, and in April 2022, over 200,000, uh, excuse me, April 2019 and April 2020, over 200,000 people lost their jobs in Oklahoma because of the pandemic. Uh, I'd mentioned earlier that the unemployment rate is around pre-pandemic levels. Labor participation force is still slightly lower than it was. And what that means is that while more people are working, you know, numerically, uh, there are also people who are unemployed and not looking for work at all. So they've completely left the workforce, uh, mostly because of the pandemic. Well, what industries lost the most jobs? Yeah, so we saw the most losses in uh, energy, contractual oil and gas, uh, related manufacturing and engineering uh, sectors. 
together combined, those three sectors lost uh, over 20,000 jobs um, since July 2019, according to the Federal Reserve Branch here in OKC. Another big one was nursing and residential care facilities. They lost about 3,500 jobs total. And then the information sector too, uh, media and the like. Uh, some sectors like contractual oil and gas, though, have been failing since about 2015. And uh, which industries had the best luck? Who gained the most? This is not super surprising. Uh, transportation and warehousing. And what that basically translates to is delivery trucks, um, ordering things that people buy online. Uh, another one is uh, employment services, which is also isn't super surprising. If people have lost their jobs, they've been looking for help finding new ones. Uh, and then retail and, and limited service restaurants. So, you know, I'm thinking food trucks and, and you know, quick stop and go eateries and whatnot. Now, what efforts has STEP made to increase the number of jobs in Oklahoma? Yeah. So during the pandemic, uh, one of the things that he did was end federal unemployment three months early. It's a little controversial to Oklahoma struggling. It was the end of much needed help, about $300 extra a week on top of state unemployment. Uh, to Stitt, it was an incentive to rejoin the workforce for those Oklahomans. Uh, he actually coupled that move with uh, starting a back-to-work incentive program uh, in which the state paid $1,200 to the first 20,000 people to hold a job for six weeks. Uh, he's pushed for career development programs across the state that teach adult skills in things like vehicle collision repair, nursing, cosmetology, uh, different kinds of programming and pre-engineering. These are at different trade schools. Uh, namely, there's one in, Barters, in Bartersville um, called Skills to Rebuild. And in fact, uh, this week, he was at a groundbreaking ceremony in Burns Flat uh, for an, an aerospace company expected to bring about 600 new jobs into that area, rural area, uh, according to his Twitter. Uh, now, um, it, I think when I read that, it said it could produce up to uh, between 450 and 600 jobs, but that initially they're only planning to hire about 30 people. Is that right? Uh, honestly, I don't completely know. Um, I saw that on Twitter and I thought that it was uh, pretty closely related. It actually, he posted that the day that my story on his progress on unemployment, uh, on the on labor and the workforce came out. So uh, still looking into it, but it, I thought it was something worth noting. All right. Well, thanks, Lionel. You can read uh, Lionel's story about uh, Stitt's economic progress uh, during his four-year term on our website, oklahomawatch.org. I'm with Ashland Huffman, who covers criminal justice for Oklahoma Watch. She recently co-wrote a story with Keaton Ross on Governor Stitt and his criminal justice promises along the campaign trail four years ago. Uh, Ashton, what were uh, some of the promises Stitt made when he was campaigning for governor? So Governor Stitt promised that he would lower the incarceration rate for the state. Um, he would also resume executions, provide more front and help for offenders being released from prison as well. And uh, how did he do upholding those promises? So he did sign legislation, reform legislation, that made things like automatic expungements possible in Oklahoma. We were the sixth state in May to do that. Um, he also lowered the incarceration rate by 30% for women, 20% for men. Prior to that, the, Oklahoma was leading the United States with the most incarcerated people and the most incarcerated women. Well, uh, what were some of his successes in the criminal justice area? 
So early on into Governor Stitt taking office, he actually signed the largest single-day commutation in U.S. history. He released over 500 nonviolent offenders, and over the course of his first year, his office said he signed 774 commutations, 290 pardons, and 101 paroles. Now, uh, your story mentioned uh, the two state questions that you uh, have also reported on. Uh, you came back to that in the story. Why? So, um, Stitt promised to give front end help to offenders. And while he did do that partially, he did not fulfill the will of the people. In 2016, they actually wanted more help for drug offenders and mental health offenders, and that never happened. He did propose it in his first budget to fund it, but it just never happened. Right. Uh, we talked about some of the areas where he uh, kept the campaign promises. Where did he fall short? So he did fall short with State Question 781, the fund in that. Um, the reason he fell short is they did, the legislature did invest in a different diversion program. However, it was not the one that people voted on. So um, people were being released from prison on drug and property crimes, and it's now a misdemeanor. But those people that were being released were never receiving the help that they were promised, which was 781. And he did promise to provide more front-end help for offenders and for county drug treatments. And, you know, after publishing that story, what, what do you think is the biggest takeaway? I think it's important to recognize that he did help the state's criminal justice system. He did have some successes from releasing people, um, lowering incarceration. We're not number one. We're number three now, which is a big difference. But he still did not fulfill the entirety of his promise, which was providing front end help, which from studying 780 and 781, that is the biggest problem is people being released from prison but not receiving the tools and the treatments. So they're not able to succeed and therefore he did not provide the front end help. All right. Well, thanks, Ashland. You can read uh, Ashland and Keaton's story about uh, how the governor uh, did and didn't live up to his campaign promises. So part of a week-long series of stories on uh, how the governor's done in his first four years. You can find all that at oklahomawatch.org. In this segment, uh, we're talking to Jennifer Palmer, who covers education for Oklahoma Watch. Her latest story looked at Governor Stitt's record on education policy through his first term. Uh, Jennifer Stitt was elected in 2018. Can you take us back there? What what was the major story in education back then? It seems like an eternity ago, but that was actually the year of the teacher walkout. That spring, we had tens of thousands of educators to send on the Capitol. We had many, many schools closed across the state. And we had the governor and the legislature make one of the largest investments in teacher pay in many, many years. Now, as a candidate, Stitt made a promise related to teacher pay. What was that? Right. He said he would make uh, Oklahoma the top in the region for average teacher pay. And where does Oklahoma stand on that now? Well, at the time, we were third in the region. By that same measure, we are now fourth behind Colorado, Texas, and New Mexico in a seven-state region. 
Now, Governor Stitt claims victory on this one. He uses a calculation um, that was in a recent loft report that takes those average salaries and adjusts them for not only cost of living, but also tax burden. And he says that that puts us first in the region. Uh, Fiscal transparency is another area where Stitt has uh, made some promises. What did he say he would do? Stitt said he would, um, this was in 2019, he said he would prioritize audits of the top 10 agencies, no, top 12 agencies, sorry, in the state. And has he checked that box? Well, he has called for an audit of the State Department of Education, which is one of those uh, top 12 agencies. He has called for several other audits of education entities, including Epic Charter Schools, I believe that was also 2019, uh, Tulsa Public Schools, and some others. Now, uh, you asked him in your interview about uh, Epic Charter Schools. What did he say to that? I did. I really wanted an opportunity to ask him because um, it seemed like that when that audit came out, there were some very serious findings. Um, both the state auditor, Cindy Bird, and a grand jury um, were were very alarmed by what they saw and found going on at Epic and just the um, the amount of taxpayer dollars that were not getting to kids. And, and I felt like I hadn't really seen him talk about it much or um, hear much movement on any legislation or any action because of those findings. Um, you know, his his answer to that question basically was, um, to draw a really hard line between the management company and the school. Um, and he said the management company's out, um, which is true. The school board has severed ties with them and are no longer using a for-profit management company. So, you know, um, in Stitt's eyes, everything is okay now. However, we do still allow that type of arrangement with a manage- for-profit management company under the law. The law hasn't changed. Um, Now, did you ask about his COVID relief program? I did. And this was under the kind of umbrella of fiscal transparency, too. This was a federal audit that looked at his own agency's handling of $40 million of COVID relief funds. And they had some very serious findings as well. Um, You know, his answer to that, he brushed that off as election year politics. Uh, okay. Any Anything else you want to add on uh, Stitt's uh, ability to uh, live up to the campaign promises four years in? I mean, you know, for the overarching idea of Oklahoma being top 10 in education, I think there are many, many areas that we should see some improvement. Um, we are still far from that on, on, you know, pretty much every measure. However, there has been a pandemic and, you know, many of these measures were impacted by that. Um, and, and, you know, the things that students went through, like test scores, you know, their, the, the trauma related to the pandemic, um, you know, the school disruptions. Um, so the, there are a lot of factors that are holding Oklahoma back. Um, I would, let me go back to one 
point that you raised about his uh, promise to make uh, teachers pay uh, first in the region, which he says he's accomplished. And um, by one measure, we actually lost a slot and went from third to fourth. So hey. um, it seems to be a question of how you measure that. When when it was measured, uh, when he took office and Oklahoma was in third, um, did that include adjustments for cost of living and tax burden? or uh, or Or is that uh, new part of the calculation uh, that gets us to first. That is not part of the calculation that the National Education Association uses. So that is the most consistent apples to apples measurement of teacher pay across states. That's what we used um, to say we were third when he took office. And according to that same ranking, we are now fourth. The um, calculation that Stitt used and that he is touting that says, you know, that he says makes us first was created by Oklahoma, by the the legislature, um, the loft agency. All right. Well, thanks, Jennifer. You can read Jennifer's story about uh, Governor Stitt's performance on his education promises on our website, oklahomawatch.org, where you'll find the whole uh, series related to Stitt's performance uh, after four years. Uh, once again, find that at our website, oklahomawatch.org. You've been listening to Long Story Short, a weekly podcast that helps you get deeper into the investigative stories reported by Oklahoma Watch, which you can find on the web at oklahomawatch.org. This podcast was made possible by a grant from the Kirkpatrick Foundation, for which we're grateful. For Oklahoma Watch, I'm Ted Struley. Thanks for listening. This is Oklahoma Watch Executive Director Ted Struley. During the months of November and December, Oklahoma Watch is eligible for a matching grant from the Miami Foundation under their Newsmatch program. The Miami Foundation matches dollar for dollar every single donation given to a nonprofit news organization like ours that's participating in the program. That means that if you donate $5 a month, we get a match for $60. They match the entire year. If you can offer $10 a month, they'll match the whole year's worth $120. For $50 a month, they'll match $300. Every nickel you give is matched by the Miami Foundation as long as we receive it between November 1st and December 31st. And as a bonus, if you happen to be a brand new donor, we get an additional grant if we reach 100 new donors in the last two months of the year. If you enjoy the work we do at Oklahoma Watch, if you appreciate our investigative reporting, our holding government officials accountable, take just a moment, please, and visit us at oklahomawatch.org. Find our support page and pledge $5 a month, $10 a month, $50 a month, whatever you're comfortable doing. Every dollar of that will be matched. And if you're a new donor, we get a bonus on top of that. We're nonprofit. We don't sell ads. This is what keeps us going and what keeps our newsroom uh, keeping the public's business public. Thanks again.